0: And welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. Like many of you, I was obsessed with Bands Reunited on VH1. I mean, they attempted to reunite some of my favorite bands back in the 80s and 90s. More often than not, they were successful. And many of you know that I've had a lot of guests who have appeared on that show, whether their band was reunited or not. So my goal this week was to bring the host of VH1's Bands Reunited Amir Halim to you guys. And let me say that the mission was accomplished, and this week's guest is Amir. He reminisces about the show, has some great stories. He fills us in about what he's doing these days. Had a great conversation with him, and I hope you enjoy it. So, Amir, thank you so much for joining us. And before we kind of reminisce about the show, just tell everyone what you're up to these days.
1: Uh, well, Noel, uh, sad to say, I'm in exile. I'm an underground bunker uh, hiding from any association with bands. You know, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually uh, living in L.A. Um, and um, kind of shifted gears from doing, my, uh, doing the hosting thing. I mean, I'm still available to host, uh, weddings, parties, bar mitzvahs, right. TV shows. Uh, but now I've, I've been in the last couple of years, uh, uh writing scripts for TV for, four TV shows, scripted TV shows, uh, all, all of them on spec with different writing partners, different, uh, 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 collaborators. So that's my new, uh, path in the world of entertainment is just to kind of create worlds from whole cloth and characters and, and then, once the, the I've written about two, two three four scripts in the last three years with again different collaborators, right. different partners, and then now we're in the process of selling them oh great and hopefully it all works out that'd be awesome well, it's funny that you asked me the question and kind of find me in that position the way I would find these uh the band members that we were seeking out in bands reunited. I mean you'd find them you know one person's in working in insurance another person's working in the health industry someone's working in construction so I'm kind of like that former host or hosts, you know. I guess right. you're always a musician. So, host slash writer, you know. So, it's like Noel Fogelman's own bands reunited. Where yeah. are they now? episode. So, yeah, it's interesting.
0: Except I'm not running in with like, you know,
1: 40 people with cameras and <laughs> in the face, <interface>, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's the slight difference there. Yeah. I don't, although, Noel, I will say this. Uh, the reason I mentioned the whole bunker underground right. part of it is that I have sequestered myself in an undisclosed location in case you are outside some door with a crew <laughs> ready to bust in. Because that was the joke back in the day. You know, as when we would be sitting around our offices in between bands and in between, you know, episodes, we one of our producers and I would just joke all the time, like, "What if, you know, ten years from now, twenty years from now, people tried to reunite us right. as this sort of ragtag group of?" producers and hosts and whatnot and it's just funny that it kind of worked out that way with your show
0: yeah and you know it's funny like i can't believe now it's already been 15 years but and obviously the internet was still you know it was still big but obviously not as big as it is now Mm -hmm. how difficult was was it trying to find some
1: of these people well it's interesting you mention that because in the in the last again 15 or so years i always get asked about you know the show and people are very happy about it and i also I'm always impressed how the internet allows them to uh, discover the show for the first time. There's so many people who act as if there's a network out there running, you know, a marathon of them, or they binge them somewhere on a network like a Netflix or, you know, uh, another streaming service. But um, they ask about the show coming back. And I wonder how difficult it would be to do now because everyone's got a a camera and access to the internet on in their pockets, right. unlike then, I mean, yeah, you could text and you had those flip phones, but to your point, it wasn't as prevalent or or as pervasive as it is today. And that allowed us, the, the plus side of, of that state in, in 2003, 2004, of, of where we were in, in our current information age, digital age, the plus side was we could slip in and out of cities with, with this giant elephant under an umbrella, so to speak, with our crew, uh, our gear and everything. And no one would think twice about it, especially when we went to small towns. And, you know, you're worried that word of mouth, eventually people would find out, particularly in the second season, that, oh, right. Bands Reunited is here. Who, I wonder who they're looking for. And if someone was in a band <laughs> that hmm. may may fit the bill of us reuniting them, uh, would find out before we got to them. So that that helped us, being able to kind of... But the other side, uh, side of it is that access to information about these band members was very limited and again I I have over the years at the time and over the years commended our producers, our researchers uh, for the, the great work they did in finding just through in what seemed like digital scraps of paper uh, where these people were living, where they were working, where you know whatever information they could get together about their lives to help us, uh, track them down and then eventually go up to them to ask them to reunite.
0: Yeah, because I, I know like in each episode you would kind of ask a band member if they knew the whereabouts and they would say, Hey, maybe mm-hmm. you know, he's
1: like in he's in
0: London or something like that. He's in Manchester. I mean, those are big cities, so I mean it does give you a little bit to go on, but it's almost yeah. like a needle in the haystack sometimes.
1: Yeah, the the second the second season again created more the first season we were we were basically um, you know Uh, uh, we might as well have been an invisible elephant if you will to continue that uh, analogy but they we were able to get around and no one thought twice of it you know some people may have recognized me from other work on VH1 and I would just say oh yeah yeah we're doing a show for VH1 not a word of a lie and not get into details of it but for the most part um you know we when in the second season when people did know the show we were just like Like I remember going to Vegas uh, for I think it was the New Kids on the Block episode, and we were on a Southwest flight from LA to Vegas, and one of our producers producers was just really particular about who's around us, who knows what. Like we were just really like paranoid to to an extent, you know, because we didn't want someone to find out before we got to them to have the surprise spoiled. And uh, I remember this: there was a bunch of people on that plane, and all of a sudden. Just before we landed, we got off the plane, there were two people who figured out who I was and and remembered the show. And then asked me a question. So then when we were walking off the plane, my producer said, who are those people? What was going on? I go, oh, that's a couple. They're about to get married. And that that big group there, that's their wedding party. (laughs) And they invited me to their wedding. And he was just freaking out. Like, Like, how many people can I use the Men in Black Ray to, like, you know give them amnesia for a second to not know that we were there. So that, that fro came out. I used to like to use the word froke as my past tense of freak. Right. So that happened. And then where the other place where it helped was when we were tracking down the members of uh, Vixen. Right. Right. And we went to, we went through uh, we, the, we call them ambushes, ambushes when we would go up to people and, and surprise them, so to speak, maybe an unfortunate word, but that was our yeah. like surprise. We're here. And so Roxy Petrucci, the drummer for um for Vixen, uh was uh well she she was selling her house. Right. And one of the producers was
0: looking to buy it. I'm
1: sorry? It. One of the producers yeah, was looking yeah. to buy it, right,
0: right.
1: Yeah, that was the producer I'm speaking of oh, Julio. Okay. He was just he was he was the one who's always like right. on guard for who was around yeah. us. So Julio and a and a local producer helped were are pretending to be a couple looking for a house. So he he was worried that she was in her office just kind of typing away while the realtor was showing us around. So he wanted, he knows, you know, as a producer to kind of let's put her in a place where we could all approach her and it would be a great for the shot. Cause you're always thinking visually too. So yes. he said, show me the, show me the, 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 sort of where the yard ends or something like that. Like just give me a lay- So they went to the backyard and she was showing the property line. And that's when we went in through the house past the realtor this kid he was just like hi we just storm past him go to the backyard and roxy turns around and she sees me and she just says hey (laughs) you want me to reunite with vixen right yes i'm in and i was like floored because again second season she knew the show for the first season i didn't have to utter a word i'm like man my job just got really easy (laughs) yeah Yeah
0: you you, so, yeah, you you don't want that in every episode then you'll definitely be no. out of job. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. It's yeah. all POV. Yeah. Everyone just saying, "Yeah, I'll reunite." So yeah, so that's a, a long way to explain how, you know, the internet was both our friend at the internet at that stage and um was at our uh, at that stage and age was our both our friend and both our, you know, not ad, well, ad, not adversary, but like worked against us a little bit just in the the gathering of the information and getting a little bit of background on these folks.
0: Right. Now, like, how much, like, pre-production time went into, like, an episode?
1: Well, it was funny. Um, the first cycle, the first season, we sort of went, we would do one band per week. Okay. Um, you know, like seven days. We set that as our goal. And then, you know, from beginning to end, get them. But then when, by the second season, the logistics of it became such that it was better to kind of start leapfrogging, you know? So if you're in a if you're in a town, like especially when we went overseas, when we right. went to London, you know, in different parts of England, actually, I should say, we would go to, you know, one town here, get someone and then the neighboring town, get someone else. So we were kind of like leapfrogging episodes at one point and then, you know, devoting the reunion and the concert to a designated week. So it went from being a very simple exercise to for, you know, production costs and everything else, logistics to kind of trying to get it done within that week's time. I mean, we, you know, generally speaking, we did, we did manage to achieve that, but uh, after a while it became a little overwhelming to, to kind of keep everything in line as such. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now I know the uh, information society episode, I know when you're trying to hunt down Amanda Kramer, she was with the Psychedelic Furs and you kind of, I guess, worked her schedule in favor of coming to the thing. Now, did that kind of like fall into the seven days or was that
1: extended? Oh, that's a great oh, question. Again, this goes back to, oh, my memory. <laughs> like. But I mean, <laughs> I want to say, yeah, I want to say that, you know, for the most part, we were able to get her, James, Paul and Kurt within the same week. Because, I mean, we got her. I think, yeah, the only time we went out, it, Paul was in L.A. Kurt was in the Bay Area. Amanda was in the L.A. area, like just outside Nagora Hills james was in oregon yeah so i think we pulled that off within a week if i recall right. like i just um just kind of basing it on that so yeah. it just helped that yeah they're all west coast it helped their west they're, coast and that she was on tour with the, furs, the furs because there. from what i remember she alternated between new york living in new york and living in london at the time right. uh new york state and london and then i think eventually full-time london so we had that you know we had that kind of uh luck that was working with us to give us momentum like there would be You know, I think um, in the case of the Commodores, which sadly didn't um, come to fruition as a full reunion, but we got one member of the band who was living overseas, happened to be having lunch with another member based in LA. (laughs) That was just simply fortuitous. And we were just like, oh my gosh, like, this is a sign, this is going to work out. So, yeah, okay. Amanda happened to be coming through town, coming through the L.A. area with the psychedelic furs. So then we just kind of coordinated that. And then she had to finish that tour. So, again, I don't recall off the top of my head how many more dates she had afterwards. But then once it was done, we, we got them together uh, in the same room.
0: Right. Now, just, I guess staying with the Information Society real quick, obviously, yeah. uh, Kurt Harlan, lead singer, agreed to come. Then he didn't show up. Now, how much mm-hmm. time like do you kind of allow the artists to come? Like, I mean, how long do you guys wait before he said he's
1: not coming? Uh, that was right up until we were like we were recording. We were in the studio uh, in the rehearsal space where mm-hmm. we had the reunion and then the instruments were set up for them to, to rehearse right up until then i mean we as far as we knew he was coming and uh um, i believe my producers uh, the producers for the show not my producers the producers for the show were working backstage behind the scenes i should say on the phone trying to get him to come email him whatever contact him and he decided not to show so i had to break it to the other three that uh, sadly even though he agreed and he signed the album he's decided not to participate anymore so they weren't surprised i mean they were sad they were yeah. upset like upset in the sense that they were disappointed but they weren't surprised that he he did that and i was you know honestly disappointed as well because we were on our way to a reunion and a subsequent concert but not not just for that not just for a good show and a good episode and a good ending to it but people were coming in i mean a lot a lot of their fans are based in uh, in latin america and right. in south america and they were coming in to, to to be part of it, because once the you know the quote unquote cat was out of the bag. I mean, we would try. We would go through it, their man. fan base groups, and mm-hmm. again, another challenge if they tried to do that show today. Right. We would try to quietly contact just the loyal fans to get them in the audience. So once word kind of got out, I think people were making plans, or had even started to their journey to come in for that show from all over. So those fans were just disappointed yeah. to answer your question i mean we waited till the very last minute and then we just said okay well it's just the three of you now we'll just have the interview and then away we go right
0: because usually i mean the shows are broken down into 30 minutes and an hour and that one was an hour so that was like okay they're gonna reunite because usually half hour shows you know they're not they're not getting back together
1: <laughs> a couple you, of those. you you cracked the code and i yeah. was always uh, fascinated <laughs> by that i mean when the show was at its like when it was airing first time right I mean, it was interesting. Again, I'd be interested to see how the Twitterverse and social media would handle it if it caught on the same way. Uh, People were like, oh, I figured it out." Half-hour episodes, no reunion. Yeah. Hour-long, full reunion. I'm like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) you did it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that must have been the curve, right? You're like, "Oh, they'll reunite," and we're like, "Okay, we're going to try to stay one step ahead of the people anticipating it," and sadly, it didn't come together the way you thought it would right
0: I mean there were a couple like our episodes you know that one I believe uh, Frankie goes to Hollywood they all reunited but Holly Johnson didn't want to perform but yeah, were, yeah a couple other ones I think it was English Beat a couple of mm-hmm. the guys you could not even get in touch with or just didn't mm-hmm. want to respond which it's unfortunate
1: yeah, that's also a numbers game. I mean the more members you have, the more you can stretch right. it out. Yeah. You know, with all the ambushes. Yeah, oh God, no, you mentioned English speak. That just I mean, that breaks my heart. That was so cool. Saxa was yeah. just pleading with the guys from you know, who went on the forum Find Young Cannibals, just the rhythm section, just saying, Please guys, come on, you can do this, do it for me and we were so close and that would have been just amazing. Oh, Jeez. Thanks, Noel. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Bring up tough memories, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good memories that cracked my heart. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: You know, and unfortunately, Ranking Roger just passed away. You know, recently, yeah. so that, that was too bad. But Dave Wakeling was my first um, live interview doing this show. Yes,
1: yeah. I heard that episode. Well done, my friend. That yeah. was really cool. Thank you. Yeah. And a bit challenging, right? There was some ha- music going on in the background. So yeah. You had to, you it was,
0: yeah, it was in his green room, so the, mm. the and the band was uh, performing like he was doing a sound check. So, and he yeah. was, you know, letting them do the sound check without him. So it was, he had to, had to do a lot of editing because he kept running back in and out and stuff like that. <laughs> but he got it done and he, he put a, you know, great show on with, I guess the new incarnation of the English beat.
1: Yeah. 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 I, I, I think we saw them in England, uh, that, that during that episode, trying to get them. Dave Wakeling, I just, you know, told you not too long, not long ago that, you know, in the space of writing scripts and coming up with ideas, I think I should do what I've always thought. There should be a show about a pirate and played by Dave Wakeling. He has that swashbuckler thing. Do you do you agree with me? Like when you talk to him, he's got that he like does. mischief in his eyes yeah. and there's something about him, right?
0: He does. He's, he's very clever. He's He's got, you know, yeah. he, he's got that. You put an eye patch on him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Eye patch or a parrot on his shoulder. And uh and I would just I because he showed up at the was it the haircut show? I think it was haircut. Yeah, Yeah. he showed up and I just I love seeing him there. He was, you know, relaxed. He didn't have any pressure on him to perform and you know, just he's there as a fan. And I just love seeing him and talking to him again. He's just like that great laugh of his and just I don't know. I maybe I'll think about that for a second and then reach out to him if I can and say, Dave. Hmm. i've written a show for you it's dave wakeling
0: yeah. you know <laughs> right. uh bu- buccaneer <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's yeah he's always out there performing i mean they're, yeah they're always out
1: there it's it's mm. great
0: but I, I think you and i are probably about the same age so mm. were you fans of these bands as well
1: oh you know? yeah 100 yeah. percent. i mean that's the thing that would get me speaking of uh Holly Johnson, as you did, I mean, sitting in his house and talking to him about the good old days and then eventually leading to the question of, you know, reuniting and all that stuff and, you know, how he felt about it. I had that sort of of out-of-body, pinch-me moment, if I can combine the two, and saying, I used to listen to this guy in my parents' place, you know, his music, and now here I am in his house talking to him about the, the same music that I enjoyed all those years ago, so... Yeah, I was definitely a fan of a lot of these bands. Um, and, uh, you know, Flock of Seagulls comes to mind right. immediately, too, because I, again, grew up listening to them, loved their music, and it was funny how the added bonus for us in terms of accomplishing our mission, as we referred to it, right. uh, was getting the Score Brothers back in the same room. Right. You know, their, mother, their mom said that, you know, she they wouldn't get together for holidays or any yeah. other reason she tried. So to see her her watching her boy was, that was worth everything that was so amazing and Paul Reynolds had his uh, issues at the time that the other members were alluding to would perhaps prevent him from performing um, and I told him after that sh- concert I said you know I told him about the anticipation and the uh, that people had about whether he would be able to do it or not I said but when he played space age love song right. His guitar sang, and he was like, oh, it sang, it sang did it? <laughs> I like, oh, it did. It was beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah, I was definitely a fan of a lot of these bands, and uh, and I was just honored to be a part of that process to get them back together again.
0: Right. And, like, you, you guys, whether they reunited on your show or not, it kind of kickstarted started like, like, full-fledged reunions mm-hmm. afterwards. I mean, like, Kajigugu, those guys didn't talk at all. I mean, you know, Lamar mm-hmm. was all but you know kick to the curb and i think that episode is probably my favorite because just mm. just the, the pure joy in his face being back with those guys and even yeah. kind of teared up on stage it, it was really enjoyable and you know they got back together for a little bit as well as like haircut 100 mm-hmm. um you know a lot of these guys and I, a couple episodes we'll talk about a little bit you know squeeze and new kids on a block they mm. didn't reunite there but obviously maybe you being there and the show being there kind of got the ball rolling for a later date reunion
1: yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned squeezing new kids because to me they op they operate on sort of two ends of a of a of the same spectrum like new kids as far as I knew, still had their management in place right. still had their legal team in place, so they could literally just pick up the phone and get back right. together yes. again yeah. and I think that may have been the final deterrent. I mean anybody who the brothers and I think Danny like they all said, yeah, yeah, we'll do it for sure but then, you know, um, it was you know, Donnie I think didn't want to we didn't even get to him right. and right. I think it was like, yeah, we don't need these guys. And it's like, fine. But our wheelhouse, were bands like Squeeze, uh, bands like Romeo Void, bands like Berne- Berlin who, you know, some of them maybe still carrying on with the band name or still carrying mm-hmm. on with the musical career, but they didn't have I'm not saying the the resources, but the, you know, just the the, the, the momentum they didn't even have the, the the sort of idea to say oh let's see what happens i mean too much you know water under the bridge and all that stuff where they're just probably like it's not worth you know you need that the show is a catalyst to get them back together the show was the thing that got, started that spark and, and then got them encouraged to get back i mean uh so yeah so the, the, those are the bands the, the vixens of the world where they didn't have their music on uh, I want to say again, this is one of those memory things. Yeah. I think Compact This, I think they were on CDs at the time, which were big, still big back then. Right. And their music after our episode, you know, um, their music got onto CDs and their sales went up. Like that was important, like to, to re- not only remind people of their music but introduce their music to to new fans and all that stuff. So, yeah. So when New Kids fell apart, or um, Commodores fell apart. I was like, not surprised, you know I mean? They could, they could do that on their own. I think we kind of set our sights too high for those bands and just sort of kept it to, again, the bands that had the two, three hits, you know, were still, uh, maybe whether some members were still on tour with the band, but like you say English beat and immediately people from that era would go, Oh yeah, I'll see the, I'll watch right, this episode. Course, I want yeah. them back to get. So yeah, it's just one of those things where I think, It just depended on what the state of the band was, uh, you know, after the fact. And we were there to help them. I mean, Deborah Ayal from, no, sorry. Again, I keep getting (laughs) confused. Martha Davis from the the motels came to our offices with bags and bags of citrus from her garden. Oh, wow. And she just said, I don't know how to repay you. She's like, no, I can't, I mean, you know, I can't give you money or whatever, but I just, this is just a token of my appreciation to show how much this meant to me. So thank you. And she just wanted to see us again and say hi, but she brought, and that just meant so much because that's, that was the the, the thing that, you know, brought me joy. And that's why my mantra, when we were going around trying to convince uh, people to reunite was it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Cause I believed it. I saw the process. I saw beginning, middle, end of it. And I saw people like Martha Day was coming up and going, here you go. Just, you know, a token of my appreciation. I just want to see you guys again. I just want to hug you guys again yeah. for what you did for me. And when someone wouldn't reunite, that's why I would get upset. I would just be like, listen, trust me. Right. You're going to thank us later. Yeah, because I right. mean, like
0: some of these band members haven't spoken like, you know, at that point, you know, maybe 10, 11 years and just uh-huh. like kind of, break the ice, get them back together, whether, you know, in Information Society, they didn't perform on the show, but no one's spoken to Amanda in years, so it's good to get that, you know, kind of closeness back.
1: Yeah, yeah, they did. not And that was amazing too about Information Society, how open those guys were, right. uh, Paul Robin, James Cassie, in particular. Um, and Kurt, to an extent as well, in the interview, um, and then when we brought up Amanda's name, it was like, you yeah. record scratch like wouldn't talk about it wouldn't talk about her wouldn't discuss what happened uh that caused the breakup and then when she basically dropped the bombshell right. and then again this goes back to the <laughs> pun intended information age yeah uh you know we did we did not expect we thought okay love triangle Look, triangle right. or love you know something to do with that it was more of a romantic thing like a couple broke up the other guys were interested in her she you know whatever i mean, right, right. You, all these possibilities existed. Pardon me. But when she said, Oh, I was addicted to heroin, we're like, Oh Whoa. my God, we yeah. had no idea. <laughs> so um yeah, it's just, you know, it's it's just one of those things where you're like you know, when you see them back together again and again, we're that bridge, right? We're that reason for them to sit in the same room and have a conversation and then reestablish their contact with one another. And you know, in some cases as you were saying earlier Bands went on and toured together. That original lineup of, of Flock of Seagulls went on tour. They played festivals. Like, it was great. It was great. Right.
0: Now, were there any like episodes? Like, maybe you weren't fans of the band before that you actually became fans of as a result of doing that show?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I wasn't too familiar with uh, Climax's music. Okay. Uh, um, and then when I, I was, oh, I knew, you know, meeting in the ladies' room right. and all that. But then when I saw them perform and, and just how great they were, and then you know, in my research going back through their catalog, I was like, "Oh my gosh, how I, how how was I not paying too close attention to these uh, these ladies? They were so amazing." So, yeah, there was a couple of bands that would come up that I, you know, like a lot of people. I knew a couple of their tracks, but then right. when you're doing your research, you're going deep into their their um, you know the deep cuts, if you will. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I was impressed with them. Yeah. So climax, vixen. Uh, I can't think of too many others that I was just kind of surprised or, you know, got to know them through the course of doing this show. Um, but yeah. Now what was yeah. Those like, are probably,
0: yeah. Yeah. like, what was like the process, like deciding like which bands you were going to do,
1: you know, dartboard okay figured, no we wheel a wheel, <laughs> a wheel. <laughs> we said you know elvis costello likes to perform with this wheel of songs yeah. <laughs> and then he just spins it so maybe we'll do the same right. thing no uh it was just kind of i don't know if there's a real formula you could apply but you know we I, well, I remember at one point we had we did have a board in one of the offices of the exec producers and it had these you know note cards with band names on them and we were just kind of you know going once we kind of got an idea for a band we would then do the research of like obviously who's still with us right where are they you know the preliminary uh research and then and then we would kind of go from there i mean the wish list at the time again they've since reunited guns and roses was there abba you know like really big bands but we didn't find out like i said till we got into that process that we're like it's just futile because they can do that on their own. They have the, they have the mechanism to do yeah, that on their own. So, yeah, I mean, uh, and a lot of it was also, I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to, was it OMD? I think it was OMD. Okay. There's one of the bands where just before we were like set to go, their drummer, had uh, a hard episode if i recall I, again i think it was the drum let's just say a band member not right. the two principals of omd but okay. one of the, the the other band members that made up the group had a hard episode and was in hospital and we're like okay well that's not going to happen like <laughs> we'll go to great lengths but we're not going to be so ridiculous yeah. that we're going to show up <laughs> at an icu to go hey right. i know you're busy right now but yeah if i put this album between your IV. I mean, thankfully the guy's fine. So <laughs> right. it was fine at the time. So yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not making too much. I'm not, it, right? make, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but we, you know, there were things like that where we said, Oh yeah, the, the person like, you know, this just immediately put a stop to it right. or yeah. I mean, and we were off the, like, it was almost funny. We were like a special ops group. I feel <laughs> within the VH1 system for the first season, especially because, We were kind of operating off the radar because they have their talent relationships that they had to keep with the labels or with the you know other band members who were prominent so we were kind of doing their own thing and then by the second season is when they started to kind of weigh in and go oh yeah i mean if you need our help for anything we can find out information about you know band members and such but we still operated as as an individual you know production unit um sort of you know figuring out who to go after but yeah i mean i think it was just you know what you would do is just put that list together of obvious bands um with the big hits right. uh you know and sometimes people refer to them as one hit wonders which i think is unfortunate because if you recall that era was phenomenal for one you know one week you'd hear you know duran duran you're like what is this and then oh uh culture club what you like there was so old, much, it was, yeah. i felt it was reminiscent to what i would hear about the 60s at the time like i wasn't aware of the you know the beatles and all that stuff at the time when the, they were coming out during the 60s but it seemed like there was always a new band a new sound coming out and i felt like the 80s replicated that with obviously a very different sound you know particularly with new wave and, right. and all of that so that's what was exciting to me so yeah it was natural that if you know the blow monkeys came out with digging your scene right. and then someone, six other bands came out in six successive weeks. Yeah. You may not hear from them again because they were competing with that one hit they had. And unless they had another number one or close to number one, yeah. they were sort of, you know, they would tail off as opposed to other bands coming up and, and replacing them in terms of their uh, popularity.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the blow monkeys. I absolutely love that song. That's a, it's such a good mm-hmm. song. Yeah. It's such Yeah. A good yeah, song. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know um probably the holy grail for you guys was the Smiths you know so that little <laughs> clip of you, you know, staking out Morrissey. Um was that I mean, do you guys honestly think that was gonna happen? Or is that just like we hope it's gonna happen, he's in town, so we're gonna try.
1: Yeah, you know, you never know. I mean that Morrissey and what we would read in Spin Magazine or other, you know, publications, I think Rolling Stone may have written something, but you know, when asked about what would you do if the guys from the folks from bands United showed up and he'd have some kind of typical Morrissey response. Right. I think one was I'm, uh, I'll be waiting for them with a, I'll be waiting for them with a Pelican. I think it was <laughs> right. and something like that. And the other one was, I, I'd rather eat my uh, testicle. Right? <laughs> yes. Yes. To which I say, I thought you were a vegetarian, exactly. but okay.
0: <laughs> right. Sure.
1: Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I look, I could never tell you what was going to work out, what wasn't. You know, as I said, we had five of the six members of the Commodores. We got to Lionel Richie, and then all of a sudden, we got shut down hard. Like they weren't letting us use their music or any Mm -hmm. of that stuff. So that episode wound up not even being an episode. It was just, you know, we were just clamped down. So I, I couldn't tell you whether if something was going to work out or not simply in the moment, but we always went in thinking, yeah, we were going to pull this off. We thought, and we would have those discussions just to circle back to your question about what's the, you know, what's the, we would say, I keep mentioning Rolling Stone, but at the time uh, you would go, okay, what's the band that's going to put us on the cover of the Rolling Stone, of of Rolling Stone magazine. And uh, we would say Smith's uh, police, the police, uh who else was in that category? The pl- the police, the Smiths and uh Guns and Roses. Pardon me? Guns and Roses, maybe? Yeah, guns for sure. Yeah. yeah. there was a, an oh replacements. Oh, for some yeah, reason definitely. my okay. friend said the replacements. But anyhow, we would have that list, that that that, that wish list, and then we go, Okay, realistically, what can we do? You know, and with the Smiths we just we were on you know, we were on such a high from the first season and yeah. how it hit and how so many people loved it and how many fans there were for the show. Uh, you know, both everyday people, both celebrities, whatever. We're just like, Oh my gosh, like we can get anybody. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we took the, you know, gave it the old college try to try to get the Smiths back together. And, uh, you know, we knew Morris who would be the biggest stumbling block and, and, but we just felt that the, that, you know, we could do it. I honestly thought we would be able to pull it off, but, What turned out happening, what wound up happening is that, you know, he was sick when we were staking out the Apollo Theater for, I think, six, eight hours. And he just didn't have sound check. That was our opportunity to try to get him then. But he just whisked in, zoomed in for the show. They whisked him inside and he performed. So we had zero shot at him. And then later we were at this rehearsal space in uh, LA called SIR. That's where we had some of the reunions and then turned the floor over to the bands to play. And we were there for again. Here comes Mr. Memory going. <laughs> uh, I can't Google that for you, but we, we were there for a band. Put it that way. And in one space, Devo was rehearsing. Oh wow! And in another space, yeah, uh, somebody came up to somebody came out of rehearsal space and struck up a conversation with one of our producers. And they were like, "Oh, what band are you here with?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, I'm with Morrissey's band." And we're like, "What?" <laughs> but this was like. And he wasn't there either. Right. It was just his band. But we were like, "Oh man, we're always one step behind Morrissey and trying to get him." Yeah. And by that time, we'd given up the the, the effort to, to try to get him back with his band.
0: Yeah, yeah. I recently interviewed Andy Rourke.
1: And, mm. um,
0: yeah, that was like you, you you talked about being in Holly Johnson's house. You know, got a Pinterest. He came to my office, and I'm just sitting there. I'm talking to a member of the Smiths, you know, <laughs> and he's like, you know, five feet away from me. And nice. you know, I flat-out asked him, you know, will uh-huh. there ever be a reunion? And, you know, of mm-hmm. course, he's like, no, absolutely not. So, yeah. I mean, and who knows? You know, he throws some money, a lot of money, obscene amount of money, who knows? But I think unlikely it's going to happen, unfortunately.
1: No, no. I mean, I, I, again, uh, when I interviewed Kurt Harlan for uh, Information Society, right. that was the first and only time I met him. But I have a feeling that he and Morris here – maybe kindred spirits to an extent that they they have a i don't know they they seem to have a similar personality in terms of their view of the band and 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 their their view of the history of that band and and um yeah No, there's 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 no shot of that happening, certainly not a little show from v h one i mean if they're gonna do it, they'll probably have something write them a big fat check, which again for the record we never did that we never paid anyone anything as far as i know uh uh, because our thing was money was one of the main reasons why these bands fell apart um so we weren't going to make it like oh we paid you know um haircut 100 this much and then berlin goes well we had this many hits you should pay us that you know we weren't going to get into that at all so we just said we had a no money policy so you know, uh, in terms of paying them. Um,
0: and then you figured if they did reunite and went on to perform, you know, on their own tours, even release an album, money's going to go their way. So,
1: yeah, absolutely. Again, our, our job was just to get them back in the same room and then hopefully on stage in front of their fans. And then what happened after that was theirs. And, you know, it's funny. One of the questions that I don't get asked about too much is like, why if i came away with some kind of consensus as to why these bands fell fell apart and right. obviously they were for various reasons but i feel like and this is a gross generalization <laughs> but i feel like a lot of it had to do with managed management right. either ineffectual or non-existent or divisive yeah that if you have the right manager like you two did for so many years with paul McGuinness, they're going to weather all kinds of storms right, right? the push, the pull for, go, you gotta go solo. You're the star. Yeah. Or where's our money going? Like, if you have that, I mean, again, this is a gross generalization, but if you had that person there, I feel like they would have been able to weather a lot of these storms that they faced and then ultimately couldn't deal with.
0: Yeah, and I, I, you're probably right with that, too. It's definitely. But, um, now, each, each member who agreed to do the show sealed mm-hmm. it by signing the album. Um, so what happened to those albums?
1: remember the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark? <laughs> 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 Top man. Yeah, honestly, uh, it's funny. Um, in thinking about talking to you, I was like, oh, yeah, did, I'm sure I'll get asked about that. And yeah. uh, um, I honestly don't know. Uh, I don't know where, whether we gave them to, I can't, I can't even make up <laughs> an answer. Like I can speculate, yeah. but I hadn't thought about it. And especially in this. Day and age when everything's up for sale and available for auction yeah. or, you know, whatever, uh, online bidding, it's like, I wonder what they would go for now. But yeah, I, they might be in someone's office, someone's uh, warehouse, or right, yeah. hanging in someone's uh, living room. But uh, I certainly didn't get them. I didn't, I didn't have any, I wasn't tracking them after yeah. we got the signatures. They went into the uh, the capable hands of our producers and then that was it for me as far as knowing where they were. Yeah, never to be seen again. <laughs> never to be seen <laughs> again, yeah. yeah. But it was a great device. I mean, it was. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, can't, yeah. I can't take credit for it, but whoever came up with the idea on our team was great in saying, yeah, I mean, it's a visual representation of uh, of our success in, in going to get these folks. And then you're able to show them the signature so that yeah. would encourage the other members to go, oh okay there you know especially as you saw, saw in different episodes oh you'll never get exactly. so right. so right. It's like well we. Oh, did, well, you'll we'll never, never and i'm like well so, so just sign yeah yeah all right and you know it's a lot
0: bigger than signing a cassette tape that's for
1: sure <laughs> <laughs> or a cd or right. can you sign this thumb drive <laughs> yeah. it has all your, your entire catalog in it yeah <laughs> absolutely
0: now, when the bands mm. did reunite and perform their one night only uh, concert, how many band, how many songs mm-hmm. did like each band play during the show Like that wasn't televised on VH1?
1: They played a full set. I mean, okay. we would highlight, I think, one song, you right. know, where we do that really cool, like you'd see them performing today, then kind of do this uh, dissolve using yeah, um, sort mean. of a yeah. film melting effect. Yeah, to the good old days when they did a video or a live performance right. and then back to the current time. So, uh, you know, to make it worthwhile their fans, we would do a full set. I mean, obviously, we shot it for television, so sometimes we need to do a second take. But for the most part, what I recall is that they would just do a full set. And once we had what we needed, that would be it. Um, I remember, like, I wish, you know, like, Haircut 100 show. Right. Oh, my gosh. Ridiculous. Uh, The Alarm show? Oh, dude. There are people who, like people in line with suitcases because they just found out they just came down to London and they were in line and getting really excited tailgating if you will in line (laughs) and then uh that show we had barriers we had security like (laughs) it was full on um but haircut the reason I mentioned them immediately was for two reasons one most times when bands would and I was telling a friend about the, the show who you know, was, was asking me similar questions recently about it. And like, what was this process like? What was that process like? And I said, it was cool to watch the bands, you know, you've interviewed Flock of Seagulls, you've gone down memory lane, and then you go, okay, i turn the floor over to you. Uh, Go ahead. And to watch these guys learning their songs again. I mean, Mike Score was on tour, so he obviously knew them fairly well, but the other guys were just figuring things out. And you see John Crawford talking to their drummer, like, Uh, i've learned it going okay or no sorry i'm getting my bands mixed up dave diamond talking to rob crawford i remember watching an episode where he's like okay try it this way that way like they would back in the day when they were in the studio working out you know their the the music and the songs so uh when (laughs) they're such good musicians and even though they hadn't played together in you know 20 years or whatever they just picked up their instruments and crushed it mm. right away. And you're like, oh, my gosh. No one's going to believe that we just put these guys together today. Right? They're going to think they were rehearsing for weeks because they're so good. Um, but they were just – I mean, Nick Hayward, like watching that – listening to your interview, you interviewed him, correct? I did, yes. Yeah. I love listening to that. I could listen to that guy talk all day. Like if He's it was great. the Nick Hayward podcast where he just read – whatever, right. Chaucer or any, you know, like the side, the ingredients on a cereal box, mm. I'm in because he's such a phenomenal guy. Great character. I mean, again, another guy I should write a show about because he's yeah. just, his turn of phrases, the way his mind works is phenomenal. So, I mean, ever the entertainer, he just entertained that crowd. They He was telling stories about meeting George Michael with his bass player that was certainly not suitable for television. (laughs) Uh, And then they started the song, you know, out of that story, and then he had to stop, and he goes, oh, sorry, I'm still thinking about that story. Like, you know, (laughs) just like, it's paused. And then singing at one point and then asking three women in the front row, sorry, what were the the lyrics to this again? (laughs) Ron, okay. And then singing. I mean, it's just magical. I was going to say masterful and combine that with magical. (laughs) Um, But it was so good. But I tell you, no, I wish you were there. I mean, you know, we showed it on the show, but I wish you were there live in London to see them perform – it was well. Fantastic Day was really good, but when they did Love Plus One, oh my gosh! I just got goosebumps again. It was like, he's like, "Are you ready for a burst of sunshine?" And right. they just went into it, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is this is what this was all. This is it was all worth it." Now, all the running around, all the you know sleepless nights, jet lag, whatever st- stress, strain that you do to put a show like that together. In this moment, it all paid off because it was just oh amazing that's great what it was a phenomenal version yeah Yeah. and then during the shows i would would, sorry to interrupt but during the shows i would actually you know listen to the first couple of songs make sure everything was going well like from my perspective like something didn't break down equipment wise and i didn't need to rush on stage actually it did once i think for abc and i needed to go on and just just kind of fill time talking to the band while they sorted some things out but i would then spend the rest of the time going around the venue and shaking everyone's hand on our show and just thanking them you know we put a and then i would say we we put a band on stage like it was just it meant a lot to me that it was such a team effort that i I thank whoever i could whoever wasn't busy holding a camera at the time or directing the show or you know producing the the live show i just i just wanted to let them know that their hard work just is right there on stage in front of them
0: right that's great now was the haircut 100 performance was that your favorite one
1: uh like I said, that the alarm, I mean they're all like it's no, it's like picking a favorite child. I know. It's I so know. Difficult <laughs> that. No, they're all they all had their magical moments, right. but I think beginning to end, just as yeah. far as watching a full set, a full concert, it was just like and then the alarm there was just oh my gosh, as you know, there was so much tension between yeah. those guys, so much yeah. so much unresolved tension and all that stuff that it really came out in on stage. Like the energy in that night was like, Oh, geez, it's like they never, again, they never left, you know, they never split up or anything like that. So. Right.
0: No one, yeah. No one, the band like picked up the instruments for the first time, you know, together after so many years and they started you know rehearsing. Was there ever mm-hmm. a point that you was like, Oh, this might not work.
1: Yeah. Yeah, oh. definitely. And I mean, I can't, again, remember the specifics, but yeah, it just sounded like, Oh, that, 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 keyboard that synth didn't sound good it just sounded really off key or you know that that run through didn't work well but that made for a great show because you weren't sure if they were going to pull it off right i think everybody we put on stage uh i can't think of one band where i was just like oh yeah that was a mistake they all pulled it off like they were all able to kind of work through again it felt like you were there in the recording and writing process because they were working through the arrangements and all of that and, uh, and at the time, if it didn't sound well, and then if, uh, you know, in between songs, they were just kind of talking going, Ugh, I don't know how we're going to do this, yeah. you know, so, um, so yeah, in in those moments, the rehearsal moments, for sure, there were many, many times where we thought, this ain't going to happen, or it doesn't look like it's going to happen. We always felt that they, that, you know, they would rally and, and especially with the adrenaline of the moment, you know, when they were back on stage in front of their fans, they would, they would pull through and they all did.
0: Right. Now there were a couple of like uh, musicians that couldn't perform on the show but the band played anyway with like replacement musicians. Mm-hmm. Did you have those guys kinda of like quote unquote in the bullpen ready to go or how what was the process of quantum replacements?
1: Yeah, that, I mean that's just it. I mean when there was um what was it was it the case of Romeo Boy? Yeah, it was. They yeah, when exactly. they had yeah. you know their saxophone player couldn't play any longer, we were just like, Okay, we'll have a replacement for you and you know, he was there listening with right. a, with yeah. a he- headset and all that. But, uh, yeah, we were never saying, okay, you know, here's your understudy. <laughs> it was going to, like the original, the, whatever members we were featuring and putting back together and putting back on stage, they, they were going to do it or, or they weren't going to do it. Um, some, be- I think haircut hat might've had additional musicians, which they normally did, Right. but, but, and that was always, uh, you know we didn't want to take take that away from and only say no 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 no, no just the, the core members yeah. um but yeah yeah we we definitely had uh, when needed we would call they, you know they would recommend someone they would say you know let's have this person come in and and, and fill out the, the roster for for the reasons you mentioned
0: yeah now if say like you know, every show gets rebooted now remade now Bandrina is coming back they bring you back as the host you had <laughs> to pick four bands that you didn't Think about when you were originally doing the show to reunite now. Who would you want to do?
1: That's an amazing question. Um, first of all, I don't know if they'd bring me back right <laughs> be like some young idealistic yeah. uh, kid well, talking about how he or she remembers. And then now you think, do the math. Like, who are they going after? People from bands like, uh, in the, sorry, in the nineties. Yeah. You know, I remember being. I remember um, two stories from two different red carpets. Uh, I think the guys from Hoobastank came up to me and said, dude, we love your show. Your show's amazing. And I said, Oh, thanks. When are you going to do more episodes? Which is what I've continued to, which is what has been the question since, since the show was done. Right. And I said, "Well, we're just waiting for bands to break up now. Uh, when are you guys breaking up? And they took it so badly. I go, "No, I'm just like, don't be a jackass." And I'm like, no, 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 no I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Long career to you, I'm just joking around. But to be honest, we we have run out of bands, so to speak. Um, and then, you know, uh, Audio Slave, Chris Cornell right, and the Bloom section from uh, Rage were there. And they were asking me about the show. Tim Tim C was like, dude, I love Bands Reunited. Yeah. So then I mentioned, I said, oh, well, maybe we can get your respective bands back together, you know, Soundgarden and Rage. And, and yeah. I think Chris didn't like that. He was just kind of like, oh, yeah, good luck with that. I'm like, oh, no, uh, again, <laughs> I, 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 maybe it's that red carpet atmosphere. Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. trying to be jovial, but it comes across the wrong way. And then when they were walking away, Tim C goes, dude, do it. You can do it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> we'll go find Zach and everybody <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Get them back, but uh, to go back to your question, I mean, to be honest, anybody who was on my list is not no longer on my list because they've done it themselves, and I that's think true. that's yeah. a tribute, a testament to their to the to the show. I think a lot of bands. Uh, I think after the death of Joe Strummer there are a few bands, I think the straight cats may have gotten back together because of that. They realized, Oh, you know what, what we took for granted, IE time yeah. is running out. And if we don't get this done now, who knows when it'll happen, if at all. And I think after we did our show, a lot of bands were inspired to do that on their own. Um, Information society. We've been talking about a couple of times already did it. I think in 2009, or at least I saw a video dated 2009 and they got together uh, after not wanting to play together. So there have been bands that have gone. I mean, I thought the next thing we were going to do, if there was a season three, and again trying to stay off the radar when we're producing the show, right. would have been a trip to Australia. I thought for sure we would have tried to get um, what oil. was possible back then. Midnight Oil. Um, Men at work. Maybe Men at work. Uh, Ice House. Who else? Yeah, for sure. Credit yeah. House. Ice house, yeah. uh, any house. For any <laughs> house, house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anybody with a house we would have tried. So yeah, I thought that was our next move. Obviously yeah. it would have been an expensive one, of but course, yeah. it would have kept the uh, kept the idea of, of surprising people intact. Um, although I have to say, I mean, even back then, prior to what we can access now in terms of uh, either through YouTube or other uh, uh, streaming services or, or, or through streaming services, I should say, I remember someone saying to me, cursing me out, because he just, it was a guy I used to know uh, know, years before, and he'd gotten married, and he was honeymooning in South Africa, and he was upset that he never he, his wife was upset that he wouldn't leave the hotel room because he was binge watching bands reunited <laughs> that happened to be on a marathon episode a marathon of episodes right. uh in south africa at the time so who knows australia may might have worked or not but uh that's what i thought that that i honestly thought that would have been our next move but you know midnight oil has re- reformed um yeah other bands have gotten back together since then so to go back to your Original question, I don't have a list like that yeah. anymore because they've gone ahead and done it.
0: Right. Yeah. It's hard. And I, I believe like Tears of Fear is just reunited before the show started, correct? I, I think. Yeah. The
1: they, of- they. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt and Roland got together. Yeah. I hear they're phenomenal. I had so many opportunities to see them, but then something always came up. I had to go out of town or whatever. And um, a friend of mine was a big consultant on the show, Richard Blade, who's a oh, yeah, phenomenal yes. guy on Sears XM, he's actually someone. I recommend you should talk to, he's a, he, I mean, yeah, he's, he's written a book. List, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a great, great guy. Really, really good guy. And I think if you can, um, make that happen, it would be a great episode, uh, for, for, for this podcast. But, uh, Richard, I remember saying, Hey, you know, he knows Curtin and, right. and well, and he's thinking they're playing and love to get together and it, it almost happened. But then I got a, you know, call on the back phone saying, oh, we need you here tomorrow. I'm like, right. OK, so. But yeah, they gotten back together. Oh, the aforementioned OMD. I actually saw them at Coachella right. after seeing New Order, which was phenomenal. Oh, great, they were man. great. So, yeah, a lot of these um, a lot of these bands have have certainly reunited uh, in, in the time since the show uh, first aired.
0: Yeah, Tears yeah, of Fears, they're my all-time favorite band. I've seen them a bunch. I've seen them when Roland just was Tears of Fears by himself a couple times. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah and then when they they got back together, um,
1: I hear. I was there of, when yeah when songs from the Big Chair came out. And I was living in Toronto, right, and I went to see them in a small venue. And I was just like blown away how amazing they were. Yeah, and are.
0: Yeah, they they yeah. still are. I, I think they kind of have like a, just like a business relationship now, pretty much like Hall and Oates do. Okay. They just perform, and that's oh. that's kind of it. There's really no, you know, personal relationship anymore. But so sure. they perform and sound great. Who cares, you know.
1: Well, it's like I mean, you and I talked uh, before we started uh, this in- this in- this part this interview. We were talking about being big sports fans, and right. it's like, hey, you know what? If your team does well, if it succeeds, it doesn't matter if the guys aren't pals off of the court or right. off the ice or off the field. Just you get the job done, and it's fine. Exactly. I mean, you, you'd like for them to have a nice relationship uh, per, uh, on a personal level, but just think about our the res- the office uh, the the works uh, work the work experiences you've had and. Not every office was this, this, you know, family that was celebrating a a birthday every right. Friday in the in the break room, right? Yeah, like exactly. it just varies. So. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. But, Amir, um, this was fantastic. Thank you for a few minutes tonight, and uh, good luck with all your scripts.
1: Hey, thank you very much, Noel, and uh, continued success with your show. I really enjoy listening to it.
0: And a special thanks to Amir for joining me today. Go follow him on Twitter at Amer Halim. If you want to follow me on Twitter? I'm at the first null one nine. You sure to like the page Reliving My Youth on Facebook? Go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes? Not a problem. Show's on SoundCloud, it's on Podbean. And if you want some Reliving My Youth merchandise, please go to Reliving threadless com. Find t shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, phone cases, whatever, the logo's on it. A new episode comes out every Wednesday. We'll see you next week.